It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind We know Pata pata, you go in forever. Winner, round round, round round. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! What a week! What a week! <laughs> well, how do I introduce this? Like, oh my God! Like, what do I say? <laughs> Well, if you're wondering who you're listening to or what you're listening to, you are listening to SYM slash watching SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as, wait, did I say that right? Officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what, what? That's right. Suck your mum. It's me. Who is me? It's the published author, Kelechi, in the place to be. Are you nuts? Are you nuts? What? A published author is what I am. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. We got it. We got it. We got there. We did it, Joe. We did it. What a week. What a week. Mercury stationed direct and got its bombaclart off my neck. Wow. Wow. It's a lot. And then we had a new moon and that was really helpful to me. Oh, Jupiter and Taurus really said, Kelechi, I got you with the goodies. My goodies, my goodies, my goodies, not my goodies. I got shimmer, 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 shimmer. I don't know what, I was going to say Paul Wall. Ha! P.T. Pablo. I got a strict regulation for handling brawls. All I need is feeling the effect of some mouth. Um, I don't know what that man is saying. Um, but he did say, um, what did he say? Um, bad is not, oh, it's got no, got my, uh, where are my words? <laughs> They're all in the book. Um, bad is when you're capable of being the baddest or is it beating the baddest? Let's have the actual lyrics somewhere here, but whichever way it goes, I know that I'm bad because I'm capable of what? Being slash beating the baddest Kelechi Oluwafumilayo Okafor is now a published author Author of this short story collection called Edge of Here A baby girl did it, did it It's out in the world, sorry it's not out in the US But we'll get there We will cross that bridge when we get to it I am exhausted Who knew success could be so tiring? Who knew? But um, no, it's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time. I had my launch of the book at the Barbican. Thank you to everybody that came through. Big up yourselves. Like, thank you so, so much. Can't believe like you all showed up and showed out for me. I'm glad you like my outfit. It was made by Siciano. Although I need these people when they're making outfits to know that some people have muscular backs. Like I've got a muscular back. Right. And so if I just go like, eh, like that, I can pop 
a button or pop those little, you know, those little poppers that they put at the back of dresses. Remember when I wore the yellow dress, that yellow dress, if you don't know which yellow dress it is, you need to go on my Instagram. It's pinned at the top of my Instagram page. Um, that yellow dress, I had to go and get the fastening, fastening, that's the word, at the back change because that was a little stupid popper as well. Like I just need to flex my back muscles a little bit and that's, that shit's going to pop off. So the Sissiano dress, I actually had to use like a safety pin at the back to just hold the neck bit, but it came with a jacket that I wore over like a chiffon, is it chiffon or taffeta looking jacket? That I wore on top And it's just It was just the perfect fit That wasn't actually What I was going to wear There was another brand That I bought from And I was going to wear This pink and orange suit Very very cute suit All sequined Absolutely gorgeous But um, Would you believe it The jacket didn't fit I gave them my measurements I love all of my things Made to measure Because let me tell you something One thing this world Is not going to do to me Is have me feeling like Shit about my body And sometimes you'll go Into these stores And you'll try something on And you'll be like This makes no fucking sense Like it actually just makes no sense Like this does not fit So I prefer to have things made To my measurements Um, Obviously I know Like that's a privilege um relatively and um you have to have like an income to do that but there are sites that will allow you to do that or to go to you know stores that measure things or make things that are a bit more generous for different body types because I'm not although I do feel like I've got like a narrowish sort of frame like my actual frame I'm not I do have a teeny bit of curve you know my thighs like my back like I I need some space so when I um well, whenever I go back to Lagos, because I need to check on the children's home, I'll take it with me because I'm not going to send it back to Lagos to get it fixed. Like I'll just take it with me and then we can, they can take the measurements properly when I get there. Um, But the Sissiano dress, I don't think that was made to measure. That was just, you know, a size. I think I just chose extra large and um, it fit beautifully, either large or extra large I chose, but it just fit beautifully. I felt so sexy in that. I can't wait to wear it again, possibly wear it without the jacket if I'm not bloated, but yeah, I'll wear that super cute. And then um, my hairdresser, I've got a new hairstylist that did my hair that put it in these little chunky braids, these chunky twists. She doesn't have a website and she also doesn't want people to know her page, but she is happy for me to share her number with people. You can't really see how cute my hair is here, but if you go, like I said, look on my Insta, um, you'll see how cute I looked. Um, yeah, you'll see how cute I looked. And then if you want her details, you have to live in South London though, or you have to live in London. Let's say that you have to live in London but preferably South London. She's so good and she's so quick. She's super lovely. Um, Because I want her to have business. Like I like her so much. I want her to have business. Um, But you should never meet, that should never mean that she's not available to me because then we're going to have problems. Um, Really, really like her. And you know, I don't like doing recommendations. And if you go to her and you move mad, we're going to have an issue. She comes to you though. She can come to you as well. Like she's mobile, so she can come to you. She's only doing like braids, cute braids. Don't ask her to go and do any other Higgy Hagar. She's doing braids. So if you want your wigs um, cemented on, go elsewhere. She's just doing cute braids. She's sick with it. Um. So yeah, so my hair was cute. My makeup, Rotty came through. Rotty, Rant M-U-A. That's R-A-N-T-S-M-U-A. You know, Ronty, my baby girl. She came through with the beat for my launch. Um, Angel, my security, was wonderful. Annie, as always. Maria, Bren, John, 
No, Jonathan was in the audience. But um, yeah, it was, well, Jonathan's obviously editing this. So yeah, it was it was a great, great event and also wonderful. Um, yeah, it was just wonderful scenes. And I loved that I got to sign everybody's books. Um, that was really, really great. It was so fun signing books and having, a, of course, like how could I forget, Richie, the baby boy Richie Brave. I was in conversation with Richie and it was just so beautiful the questions that he asked me we had a great time and um he wasn't even feeling great as well he's had a bit of a chest um thing um they still showed up and showed out for me and I'm truly grateful for that just thank you to the entire team that made it happen um I saw the queue I knew there was going to be a queue I said there was going to be a queue um and I tried to prepare for that but we did what we did um you know, and going forward, I would just love for my words to be taken seriously. These words are my own from my heart. So I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you there's no other way to better say I told you. Beautiful songs, beautiful scenes. Um. It was wonderful. Thank you to everybody that showed up to support me. Thank you because let's get to it. I'm a bestseller on Amazon. I'm a bestseller. I'm a bestseller. Kelechi bestseller Okafor. Wow. What a ring. What a ring that has to it. My God. Thank you to every, absolutely everybody that supported me in um, promoting the book so far. We're not done. We are not done because the bestseller on Amazon, you know where you need to get me. Yeah. Buy the books for all of the people, them buy it for your situationships, buy it for your, your, your um, talking stages, buy it for your friends, your family, buy it for your estranged fathers and mothers and siblings, buy it for everybody. Everybody must have my book, whether in audible or, or audio form or, you know, in physical form, let them have this book, like get me the things but I'm just so excited I'm just like bestseller is very very mad very very mad to me and I got a billboard in Peckham to celebrate um and that was very cute um and then big up Spotify Spotify um featured me on the uh you know that big billboard in Leicester Square above the View Cinema they had um spot they had say your mind this podcast up on there as well so if you're listening to this as a result of seeing the billboard welcome Welcome to this show. It's a very wild ride, but thank you for joining us. And to my day ones, my OGs, all of the people, the baby people, we continue, we move. Uh, it's been such an eventful week. I'm trying to make sure I remember everything. So I'm glad I made it to the launch in time, but we'll talk to, talk about that later on. I went to a protest beforehand in Peckham. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I would have missed something out. Like there are so many amazing things that happened. Bestseller book is published, got to sign it for so many people had the launch. The launch was amazing at the Barbican. We had a great time. And then I went to, is it the Guap Gala? I want to try and get everything in chronological order. As you can see, if you've seen any of the pictures from the Guap Gala, you'll see that my outfit actually arrived in the end. We thank the most high I got my outfit. It arrived from France. It looked beautiful. I went as the sun, in case you don't know. Um, I was nominated for Cultural Hero of the Year 2023. And guess what? 
I won that shit. I won that shit. Okay. I won that category. I am so thrilled. And you know, winning the category is one thing. So thank you to everybody who voted for me. Like, let me just take a moment to say, I know that I've been very spicy and feisty sometimes on this podcast over the past few months in a lead up to all of these things and saying to you lot, like, make sure you support because you're being awful quiet. So thank you for showing up and showing out for making the book a bestseller on Amazon, as well as Voting for me to win cultural hero of the year That was all down to you I am therefore the people's champ You see it So all of that was amazing But you know what was amazing To be in a room of your peers, right? And then they announce that you've won And then everybody, lots of people Most people are shouting Screaming, excited for you That was the best feeling Because sometimes I feel like I can get in this space And I'll um, feel like, ah, people don't get it Don't support me They don't support me, rah, rah, rah That was, that. it was like God wanted me to see Like, look at how people are so excited for you They're so happy for you Like, take in this moment It's definitely felt like a week of, like, being shown That I'm, I am that baby girl that I speak of You remember when Rihanna was like Good luck booking that stage that you speak of I am that baby girl that I speak of You know And I'm going to do it I'm so sorry I'm going to do it I'm going to do it I'm going to do it Because who? Psalm 23 You prepare a table for me In the presence of my enemies And wow was that literal Was that literal 2020 If you remember those Who have been listening to this podcast For a minute that people tried a ting on Twitter one time um, And really tried to They tried to come for my neck But my neck was way too high Because I'm taller than them And God's put me in a very high place Tried to come at me mad Only to come back and then say 24 hours later That they retract their statement Because they didn't know that the person that started The hoo-ha online in the first place Had a vendetta against me And now, But you never apologised I don't get what, like how a black woman can go online And talk about me in such a disparaging way Come back 24 hours later saying that they're retracting their statement And they've seen me at various events since And, has no, and they have not yet said You know what I moved mad for that. I'm sorry. And that's why, no, let me not say it because that's going to sound mad petty. But, um, well, you know, your embarrassment will continue to eat you up. Your embarrassment will continue to eat you up because there you are in a room full of people clapping for me, excited for me, and you can't clap. You can't clap because your soul is clapped. Yeah. Your soul is clapped. Your soul is ugly. Your soul is nasty. And then here you are having to see Not only do I look like a bad bee Not only do I look incredible But I'm also winning an award And not just any award The award that says I'm a cultural hero of the year Where is yours? Where is it? Could a room full of our peers Who look like us do the same for you? This is what I want to know But you had all of the vim All of the energy to speak on my name And I love that I could celebrate In your faces I loved that because my celebration, my elevation will be right in front of those who said that it would not happen. Yeah. You made a way, God made a way. But you know, my favorite part of this, not even this person that I'm alluding to, but the person that said, it's not like you're a household name. Again, those who remember that very same episode will remember that I said, Wallahi, 
You've said to me, it's not like you're a household name. And by the end of this year, I'm going to show you how you should have fucking kept that statement to yourself because you will be embarrassed and it will become a theme or become a trend for people to start calling me what? A household name. And you, you little stupid cow, you cunt. You had to sit there. Apparently she got up and um, went somewhere when um, it was announced that I won Cultural Hero of the Year. But that's what you should do. Because again, you try to move mad Coming with the weight of I write for such and such You as a black woman Another black woman, right? Like, we talk about racism, racism On this podcast all the time But I've said it before And I'll say it, say it again The people that operate the wildest With racism, with misogynoir In my experience Are black women towards me It's mad You as a black woman Took your journalistic um, prowess Your alleged journalistic prowess And honed in on me and then you started talking mad to me after I've supported you in various ways. But you said to me, what support? Those dibby dibby retweets. That's what you said. And then you said, I can ask you these questions. You weren't asking me questions. You were moving mad. I can ask you these questions because it's not like you're a household name. And here we are. It looks like the people that were in that venue, the Natural History Museum, I'm a name in their households. How about that? And God will continue to make a liar out of anybody that wants to speak about me in a mad way. That's, the, that's an absolute fact. You will be embarrassed. You'll be embarrassed. You'll keep being put in situations where you have no choice but to see my glory. Ooh, well, that was a sermon. That was a word. So then on Wednesday, what did I do? Wednesday, um, I tried to rest after um, the book launch. Thursday, um, what did I do on Thursday? Thursday was when the billboard went live in Leicester Square As well as my um, billboard in Peckham for the book So the billboard for Say Your Mind went live in Leicester Square um, Oh, say thank you Spotify Spotify were the ones that did that Thank you Spotify for putting it up there um, And I think it was in Leicester Square As well as Cardiff and Glasgow, um, Glasgow as well Or is it Edinburgh? You know I tried to, I just make up things But it was in those places as well the, Apart from Thursday being all of those things Thursday was my official publication day Because there's been so much um, happening People have been wishing me a happy publication day Well before this day But we can call it publication week So that was lovely um, went to a publication lunch uh, to celebrate that the book is out And um, the publishers were lovely They got me edge of here earrings As well as um, gibbets like for my Crocs that have edge of hair on them They were super cute So I'm just literally having to go through my notes To remind myself Or going through my calendar To remind myself of all the things that I did Then I went to welcome to the um, Or enter the Lushyverse Lush had an event on Oxford Street That was very nice That All their plant-based canapes were beautiful And then they had like vapoured alcohol That was wild But fun, fun, lots of fun um, so did that And then Thursday Sorry, Friday Was the Guap Gala And like I said I won I won I won So big up WhatsApp For sponsoring That category um, Yeah, it was just A lot of things That have happened And then Saturday I had the Shelf Interest Book Club That I spoke at And we had like An author's chat And I signed some books Where I signed Edge of Here There as well And the um, book club members asked me some really beautiful questions And it was great to chat about Edge of Here But I'm looking forward to doing a book club Where people have now read the book Like the people who were attending Because I know the book is so fresh um, So by the next one I'm hoping we can discuss it So my next event is going to be Waterstones Birmingham tomorrow So if you're listening to this on Monday I'll be in Waterstones in Birmingham 
on 19th, Tuesday, 19th of September. Very much looking forward to seeing my Brummy babes. See, something works out in the end. We didn't quite have a Say Your Mind live show, but I'm going to be in Birmingham. Saying hi, signing Edge of Here. It's a mood. It's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm very excited um, by that. I was meant to go to my babes, um, Lewis Harris Tenches. I was meant to go to their um, birthday. I was exhausted. I was meant to also go to my friend's wedding party. I was exhausted after that um, book club event. Exhausted. You know, it's just been, wow, one thing after another. It's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. But I'm so tired. Um. But yeah, all wonderful, wonderful things. What was that, what else was I going to say about the Guap Gala? Yeah, it was just great. It was just fun. It was just, it was, it was really nice. It was really, really nice. Well executed like last year. It was very hot though, very hot. Um, but well executed. And I'm just glad to have been a part of it. So two slaps on my chest to me. Um, and I think that's it. No, like I said, Tuesday, um, I'll be in Birmingham for yeah waterstones birmingham i'll be doing that and then what else i'm just making sure if i've got any other upcoming thing that you can attend um no that's it for this week it'll just be that so because my week is rather light um i'm going to get out the month ahead readings that i need to get out for my patrons i'll get on top of that and send you out your month ahead readings i know some of you have bought tarot readings you know the one question emailed tarot readings from the website i'm going to send you out your bits i'm um yeah i'm still within my time frame so i'll send you out because i say i can take up to 7 days to send you your readings so some of you are going to get it bang on the 7th day and some of you get it because it's day 3 so I'll get all of that done this week. I'm really looking forward to sending out the month ahead readings, especially for the new patrons. If you're new, don't worry. It's not usually like this. You would have gotten your readings earlier, but get, help a baby girl out. It's been a very busy time. Yeah. But I'm going to have a light week. In fact, at the time that you're probably listening to this on a Monday, I will be having a massage with Pauline from Pendulum Massage. You know, I love Pauline. My God, I love Pauline. So Pauline's Pendulum Massage on um, Instagram and she's based in Canary Wharf. Her hands are magic. Very much looking forward to being needed by her. It's nice to be needed. So I'm going to be going through. I'm so, so excited. And thank you to the person that bought me a voucher to go to Pauline. You know how much I love a voucher to go and get a massage from Pauline. It gives me life. You also told me that you sh- you don't think I should go for the Yoni massage. Um, so I won't let the person put their hand in my palm. That's fine. I won't. Thank you all for weighing in on that. Appreciate it greatly. Um, yeah. And also Baltimore, Baltimore, you lot snapped. Baltimore is going ahead for our meet and greet and one-to-one tarot. So you're going to have a 15 minute one-to-one in-person tarot session with me in Baltimore. If you're coming on Saturday, 21st of October, so you can buy a ticket and come to the actual conventions the um convention the afro and afros and audio podcast festival if you're coming to that to see my talk uh with bernard achampong you can come to that and that's in the morning uh, and or there's the meet and greet at 2 30 and you'll be given the location um upon signing up so on my website i've put the link for your either wanting to just come and mingle meet and greet and for me to sign your book so with the, your ticket which is 30 pounds it'll translate your currency to wherever well you should be in baltimore basically 
The ticket for a book and entry is £30. So I'll sign your book. We'll chat. We'll mingle. All of that stuff. Or you can get the entry plus book plus a 15-minute in-person um, tarot reading. And that's £60. And that's also available on the website. So you just need to click on which one you want. And I'll bring your book along with me. So I can sign it for you at the meet and greet. So I'm super excited that we're going to have a little cute, intimate vibe. So, um, yeah, if you're based in Baltimore, um, I, I, I think that we've limited the number of tickets, actually. So I don't know how many I've limited it to, to be honest. But I feel like I'm just giving you lots of housekeeping, but I'm just filling you in that it has been an incredible week. And I'm so thankful to God. And to my ancestors and to my spirit guides, um, to my spirit family, I'm just so grateful to have gotten to this point. Grateful for my mum's prayers, grateful for all of the well wishes and everything that you lot have sent me. Very, very grateful for that. So thank you. I appreciate it. I am sure I've missed something out, but who cares? Let's keep it moving. I can always update you next week. And also thank you to everybody who um, is now following the Edge of Here Instagram page, because that's where all of the updates will be going. Imagine over what nearly or around 800 of you have started following the Edge of Here Instagram. And I love that. I love that for me. Because we're told that Instagram pages aren't really popular And you're proving that very, very wrong So let's keep building that community The Edge of Here community on um, Instagram Start sharing things, posting things Having a great old conversation about the characters And how you love them Also, I created a playlist that accompanies my book Edge of Here All the sensual songs or just beautiful songs that I think pair really, really well. Imagine like it's wine, but songs that I think pair really well with the stories. I've put them into this gorgeous playlist on Spotify and it's called Edge of Here. If you find me Kalechnikov as a profile on Spotify, you'll see the um, you'll see the playlist there. And I think Annie might have added it in the show notes as well. So you, you can grab the link from there and enjoy the music that I put together for you and see how great my taste in music is. Ha! Yeah, yeah, baby girl. So um, let's see then. Um, you sent me lots of messages this week. So I'm just going to like, before going into the tarot, I'm just going to read a few of them. Uh, here we go. This is from um, Craig. A baby boy. We love Craig. Craig says, "My it, the sorry, the email is titled School Run. It says here, My dearest Kalechi, I am shooketh to the actual core with how you ended School Run. P.S. I'm loving the book so far, but you're proper feisty for the way you ended that story. Love a baby boy, Craig. XOXO. Thank you, Craig. And I know that you're all going to want to drag me at some point about the ending of the school run or ending of school run. But I know that you see why I did that. I know. I know. Um, Let me see what else that we have. We've got here. Oh, share your magnificence. Hey, sis. Happy publication day. You, Kelechi Oluwafumilayo Okafo. Why did I say my name like that? Okafo, because I'm reading it the way that some people write it. Kelechi Oluwafumilayo Okafo. Ben's P, baby girl. Um, I share your magnificence. You did that. And your book launch at the Barbican was perfection. I'm so proud of you. Loving the stories in the book. They're so rich and so beautiful. I love you. And I pray for blessings to rain on you. Always, I mean, thank you, sis. Rain on me, bestseller, won't you rain on me? Ha! Big tune. 
Oh, I feel like I'm no. I shouldn't be doing your share, um, share your magnificence at this point because I'm meant to be doing tarot. Um, so let me actually do the tarot before continuing to kind of go through the messages. There's lots of um, yeah. There's lots of yeah. There's lots of like other bits. So yeah, we'll go through that shortly. Um, okay, cool. So and also let me know. I should probably do like a poll. Let me know if you want me to release some more one-to-one tarot readings, um, you know, the virtual Zoom ones, because I've been closing them off, but I think I'll have some space in December. I feel like during the Christmas break, I might just do a few one-to-one tarot readings so we can book well ahead. Because I, like I said, I want to get into the um, 2024 energy. So we're prepared. But with that being said, let's get to the tarot. Did you see, I don't know if you saw the One Extra thing. I went on to One Extra with Richie Brave um, last Sunday and we were talking about spirituality, African spirituality. It was a fantastic show. The community which was on as well as Know Your Caribbean. It was so good. We had such an incredible conversation with Richie and reclaiming our roots and reclaiming our indigenous practices. It was wonderful. At the end of it, I did a tarot reading for Richie. There are little clips on it on the BBC One Extra page. Get involved. It's wonderful. Um, I keep saying everything is wonderful, but it really is. Oh my God. I love it here. I love it so much. Um, who did I choose for the tarot reading for this week? There are so many emails. My God. Um, but I'm working through them. Pray for me. Pray for me. Um, let's see here. Um, oh, so many gorgeous things. I just like skim them because I'm just like, yeah, it's not, it's not the time. Is that that one? Let's see. I read. I had it up and then I had to take it down because I was going to read something. So I moved it. Typical me. I think the person's name was here. Got it. All right. Here we go for the tarot. Dear Kaleshi, I hope this finds you and yours thriving. I'd like to start off. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't read the title. It says here, tarot reading request. I'm just a struggling baby girl. Dear Kelechi, I hope this finds you and yours thriving. I'd like to start off this email by thanking you for being you. Aside from learning more about white supremacist capitalist patriarchy from you, the way you embrace who you are and live that unapologetically is teaching me to not only find comfort in my own skin, but to also take pride in who I am. This is especially important for me right now, as I will explain below. Additionally, thank you for a wonderful SYM community. I apologize because this email might be all over the place. I've been meaning to write to you for a while, but it's only now that I have some clarity on what I want to ask. However muddled it may still be and the push to write cannot now be ignored. I moved about six months ago to a country I've always wanted to live in. For context, I moved from a global South country to a global North country. I am now a racial minority, black in this new country, and this experience has been nothing but a doozy. Um, I know I'm supposed to be here and I deserve to be here, but imposter syndrome has me by the tits. I know I shouldn't even call it misogyny. um, Sorry, I know I shouldn't even call it imposter syndrome because here I am navigating being a racial minority in a system that was never created for my success. But nonetheless, I find myself questioning if I was meant to be here in the first place. Why would my ancestors send me here if I'm going to struggle this much? Did they really... um, send me or did I just move on my own accord and now I'm blaming them? This is really doing my head in. The difficulty isn't just in navigating everyday microaggressions, but also things like being confronted with the very stark reality of not meeting the Eurocentric beauty standards. 
I've struggled with self-esteem and my current reality genuinely isn't helping. Additionally, I'm having a hard time making friends. As an introvert with social anxiety, I dread social interactions, but I know I need to put myself out there. It's just scary. Another thing is that I am now in a relationship after being single for seven years, largely out of choice. I think this is my first healthy relationship, but I do get triggered quite a bit because my last one was emotionally abusive and I know there are some wounds I just could not heal in solitude. Also, things are a little complicated because my boyfriend has a baby mama. He's fairly open about the relationship they had, but I get the feeling that he withholds information, maybe because he's scared I'll leave him. I've snooped around on his socials, (laughs) Scorpio vibes. I've snooped around on his socials and found out that the relationship ended later than when he told me. This baby mama situation is a particular source of anxiety and insecurity. I had vowed to not date a man with a child, but this is something I overlooked with him. I deeply care about him, but I don't like this sinking feeling in my stomach whenever he talks about his child and baby mama. I, I have an idea of what being with him long-term would be in light of this situation. And I'm prepared to wade blended family waters with him, but I worry that I will always feel anxious slash insecure. He also lied about fairly small things like going out with friends. This all adds to my trust issues. For context, I was cheated on in my last relationship and I'm definitely afraid of that happening again. Sometimes I get the feeling that he's entertaining other people, but to be honest, I don't know whether this is just a fear or my intuition talking. That ain't me though. That's just my ego talking. Hey, maybe don't. I still me though. Sorry. I didn't sing like I could have sang there. Anyway, that's not the point. Back to you. Sorry, it's not about me. So given all of this, I'd like some hope and guidance from spirit and the ancestors on how can I settle one how can I settle into myself in this new environment two is there anything about this relationship that they would like to reveal to me I also welcome a lashing on self-sabotage three how can I listen better to my intuition four some words of advice and hope with regard to the baby mama situation Thank you so much for reading and for pouring so much of yourself into us. I hope your cup stays replenished and overflowing. Take care of yourself and allow your community to take care of you. Drag me. P.S. I don't know what time I was born, so I'm not able to attach my chart. However, based on my birthday. Oh, look at you. I like your birthday. Oh, see, that's what it was. I was like, there's a water energy here. Anyway, um, another thing I'm astrologically worried about is that I think Saturn is returning. I'm 27 going on 28. Yeah, so Saturn is crossing your moon. It's going to cross your moon at some point. So that's probably what you're feeling as well, like having to contend with um, a lot of the um, ways, like contend with your internal world and the ways that, the things that you feel and why you feel them. Um, Because you feel a lot. If you're a Pisces moon, you feel a hell of a lot. All my love and well wishes are currently struggling baby girl is how you ended it. Thank you so much. And may the struggle not be permanent. Amen. So let's see what we've got then. It's a lot of questions that you've asked. There are a lot of questions there. So I'm just going to see which one we're meant to hone in on. I'm not even going to try and like choose. So let's see here. Let me move my mouse out of the way. Giving Apple free promo. So let's see. 
what you're meant to know Just with all of that information What comes up for you And if you Anybody listening wants to send in your questions You could just send it to SYM at KelechiOkafor.com And I'll get your tarot message there Uh, Well I'll get your tarot question there And I'll read it aloud on the show Whenever I get to it Okay Okay and then moon's come out Let's just see what we've got here So we've got the knight of wands That comes up um, And then we've got the three of pentacles As well as the ten of cups In reverse And then we've got the moon card Which is a major arcana So I feel like what I'm getting from this is that there, you know, a multitude of things can be true at once. Your self, you're you're doubting yourself, right? But there might be a reason to kind of stay on guard, but not for you to go so hard. I'm saying that because I'm looking at the Knight of Wands and it's charging in a different direction to the rest of the cards in this situation. And so I could read that as them saying, get out, girl. But I don't think it is that. I just think it's the case of you needing to kind of like not um, go so hard and sort of like talk your way out of, you talk yourself out of this relationship. We've got the three of pentacles, that collaboration is needed. Is there a way that, would you feel more comfortable if you were interacting with the mother of his child a bit more, like, would that help if you were, because sometimes some people read this as like a third party situation, like he is seeing people, but is there a way that you can communicate with each other more is the way that I would read it in the first instance. But if it is a third party situation, we've got the 10 of cups in reverse here, which is saying that maybe, maybe, it's always going to be like a tempestuous situation And that's why we've got the moon card that comes out here When I was looking at your moon and I mentioned it And it just popped out this particular card That there's still a lot for you to learn emotionally And maybe there is a pattern of Oh, I saw the death card at the bottom of the deck as well So there is some kind of ending You sent this letter a little while ago, I think anyway But there is some kind of ending Um that I'm sentencing here Ending or a release of something But it might be a case of you um, Having things become more clear to you Something that you were kept in the dark about That becomes more clear to you The high priestess Yeah There's a lot that you don't know There's a lot that you don't know And the little lies That's what gets me the most I hate liars That's my thing I hate liars I hate when people Um Try to tell me different to what I know And this is why I have such a problem with like How the media presents things and whatever else Like I don't, I make a a practice out of like Let me switch cameras I make a practice out of like not lying I'd rather just not talk about a situation Than to lie about the situation And I'm not talking necessarily about lying by omission By not saying something I don't miss things out I would, if I just feel like it's not for the Best for me to talk about something I just won't say anything I'll just leave it completely But I hate liars And one of the things I really dislike Is even when people accuse me of lying Because I just think it's such a nasty thing For people to do I'm hitting my mic It's such a nasty thing for people to do So when you say that You know, your partner He tells like little lies It bothers me Because I, you know what I especially hate My God I hate when somebody's lying And I know that they're lying It's different when you're like Oh I don't know what the truth is But when I know that the person is lying Oh my body gets so hot It's like why are you lying to me of all people Especially why are you lying to me unprovoked Unprovoked That stresses me out 
Like I've had like people do it about really unnecessary things. I'm like, you didn't need to lie to me about that because I don't care. Like you could do what you want with your life. I mean, in terms of like friends, like they'll tell me something and it, it really can impact our friendship because I can't look at you in the same way because it's just like, why did you lie about that of all things? Like, I can't stand the lies about small things. And I'm thinking if he can lie about the small things, baby, like he can lie about the big things too, you know? So if I'm honest, because I like to just be honest on this podcast, I don't get a good feeling about staying with him. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things that you need to address or that you um, that might be good for you to sit down and work through with somebody. Um there are, you know, that is also possible. And if you said that your last partner cheated on you, I'm not saying that this is your fault, by the way, I'm just trying to explain something. If you said that your last partner cheated on you, are there similarities to why you gravitated towards then this partner? Like, what is it about them? That what, what is it about him that you're like, yeah, this is where I want to be this time? Because sometimes we repeat patterns because we haven't yet learned the lesson. So what is it about, like, is there a thing about wanting somebody who's emotionally unavailable? Um, Because that Pisces moon is kind of saying to me that there's something about having distance um, or like things not being clear in your relationships that really calls to you. And you need to ask yourself, why, 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 why are you scared of clarity or why do you want, um, like, do you want a relationship or do you want, um, um, a, like, a, a panorama series? Like, do you want to go and investigate people or do you want to date them? Do you want to be with them? Because you have to choose because I feel like people tell you who they are very, very early on. Of course, you know, people will put on an act, but the act usually starts to fade around after six weeks. So you should be able to kind of have an idea of what you're working with. And I don't like that he didn't tell you that he told you much later. Well, he told you that their relationship ended earlier than it actually did. Because again, why are you moving the timeline around? And how fresh is the baby is my other question as well. Because that all of these things um, matter. You need to know. All right. So I've pulled some extra cards while I was waffling. And I'm using this new deck by um, um, Alicia. So this deck is by Alicia um, Alicia Brown and Speech DeBell. It's called the Art Divination Deck that they've created. It's really, really beautiful. The texture of the card is gorgeous. It's really, really nice. So I'll just show this screen here. So the card that I've pulled is this one that says Indulge. And they've got two glasses and they're about to clink the glasses in celebration. And the card says, I want sunset red and yellow. I want chow down with some Merlot. I love that. A lyric, a vibe. You should be enjoying. That's what I get from this card. Like, you should be enjoying life. Like, Like, I just, obviously we know that there are ups and downs in relationships, right? But if, like, you're spending your time having to snoop on his socials and you're seeing things, is this where you want to be? Are you an investigative journalist? Or are you a girlfriend? Because, come on, come on. And it might be worth having like a straight up conversation with each other about what's going on and why you feel the way that you do. Like, it's probably important for you to communicate why you feel this way and seeing what they, what he says back to you. And, and mentioning, if you haven't already, that you feel some type of way about why he's changing the timeline of when him and um, the mother of his child were together. Like, talk about it. 
Talk about it and see where you get to And if you're in your gut You still don't feel right Then baby Call it a day Like it's not by force You spent seven years Like on by yourself Because you wanted to You can do whatever you want Like you could spend another seven years You don't have to But what I'm saying is that You'll be fine by yourself And I and I guess when you're feeling like you want to make friends and you haven't quite made the friends you want to make, maybe you hold on to this relationship a bit more. But it's, if it's not making you happy, then why are you there? Because you haven't really, in reading the messages that you sent, you don't really talk much about the joy or anything really that he brings you, that you feel around him. So why are you there? Um, from the um, Dickhead in Recovery affirmation card deck, we've got, even at my lowest, the divine wanted to experience life through me. I have always been a worthy vessel of hope. And I just think that that is a very, very beautiful um, message. And it comes out quite a bit as well. You've got to remain hopeful. I know that you said you're introverted and things like that. Um, but it's it's about, yeah, activities, finding things that you want to do. I know that you're like, I'm introverted, but this these can even be online spaces that then eventually become um, real life, like in real life spaces. But you can't just um, put all of that on being around him. Number 31, why is the card that you got from the um, Wisdom of the Oracle deck? So let's see, Wisdom of the Oracle deck one, number 31, it says here, the Oracle's message. There is a great power in understanding your motives right now. The Oracle asks you to be very clear about why you're asking this question. Look at that. Looking for this answer, behaving in this way, and most important, making this choice. Knowing your why is the key to fulfillment. When you are clear about it, your intention will then be a magnet for miracles. Motives divine, um, define the nature of your experience. When you think about something, feel it and then act on it. This invisible why is the life force energy within the seed, which brings it to life and holds the potential for growth. Um, okay, I'll read you the relationship message, then I think I'm going to go to the protection message on this one as well. Relationship message says, we don't always know why we engage in our relationships in the way that we do, mostly because our feelings aren't always logical. Now is the time to recognize whether you are being triggered by someone else ooh, or if your behavior is motivated by unresolved issues in the past. When you ask yourself, why am I feeling like this? And why did I say that? And spend some time in introspection. The answers may be surprising. Listen to the messages from your intuition, from the knowing deep within you. What does it tell you about yourself and others? In the end, Life is all about being loved. Miracles and a deep understanding of your needs and how to get them met are the buried treasures of the why. Uncover them by posing the most powerful question you can ask yourself and your partner today. Why? Ooh, baby, the cards came for your throat. Why? I said to you that you should communicate with him or I suggested that you should communicate with him, right? When you are, because it's bothering you, you wrote it in an email to me, right? It's bothering you why that timeline changed as to when he stopped seeing the mother of his child. So ask him why. Why did he not tell you? Why Why did he move the timeline? Why? And then ask yourself why all of this is important to you. And I love that in this message it says, in the end, life is all about being loved. Baby, that is the be all and end all to all of this. Everything that we're doing, nothing makes sense without love. Nothing. And I'm not just talking about in the romantic sense. All of this is, we like, like, what is the fucking reason? 
What is the fucking reason for doing anything then If it's not at the end of the day All about love Like Bell Hooks said That's probably why she called it that At the end of the day All of this All of life is about love Being love Being loved And loving If you're not doing that Then you're not living So And again like I said It's not just in the romantic sense It's in a broader sense of things And if you're And I'm not getting it from you From your message If you're not feeling loved in this situation Why Are you still there? Because when you can list the why I'm not judging you I'm not saying why are you still there Like why are you still there I'm saying why Like list to yourself The reasons that you're staying Because at least be clear to yourself If you're gonna Lie to anybody else Don't lie to yourself Be clear with yourself Write down the list of why You are choosing to stay somewhere Where you don't really feel safe you feel unsafe. That's what insecurity is. You feel unsecure. You, you don't feel secure in that environment. What, what, why do you not feel secure? What comes to your mind when you think about, um, you know, why you feel so unsettled? Is it the previous relationship? List it down. How did that, being betrayed in that relationship, how did it make you feel? And do, are you, you know, so, um, you know, are you still feeling so raw from that experience that you're on high alert with everybody else or with this particular person that you're now with? And then weighing it up in that way, because then you taking accountability means that you're not going full force like the Knight of Wands and be like, it's all you, it's you, 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 which is not the vibe that you're giving. I'll give you that. It's not the vibe that you're giving, but at least this way, you know, what is yours and what is theirs, like what is theirs to hold and what is yours to hold. That's the healthiest way that you can come at any of this. The protection message that I said I was going to read you says, sometimes subconsciously denying the truth may drive you towards a specific outcome that actually aligns with an intention hidden from your awareness. For example, you may want to be prominent in your profession, but your desire is not really about sharing your talents, but about making yourself feel better because fame would cause people to admire and approve of you. Or you may want to reunite with the partner who rejected you because you believe that your love continues to be strong. But deep down, what you really desire is to have the last word with that person. Now is the time for deep soul searching of the why that drives your choices. What you uncover will set you free and bring you even closer or ever closer rather to the happiness you seek. I love that for you, baby girl. You're not a struggling baby girl. I rebuke it. Like, yeah. You feel like you're struggling right now, but nobody that listens to this um, podcast is going to have a life of struggle unless you're hate listening. And in that case, all I want for you is a life of struggle. But everybody else, like I don't wish struggle on you, right? There are challenges then. There are things that we need to learn and there are, you know, there are ways in which we learn them. But um, you're brave enough to write in. You are. You're brave enough to, uh, you literally say like you're, you're considering what the motives could be for you doing certain things But I want you to sit with yourself more And ask yourself why Why Tell him that it's human nature That is the wrong pitch Kelechi But really sometimes people go Oh that's just how I am No That's not enough When somebody asks you why That's just how I am It's just not enough And you can't say Oh it's because I'm a Pisces moon That too is not enough Take accountability so thank you so much for writing in I appreciate that And I hope that resonates Anybody that's got a one question Email um, That wants a one question um, Email tarot reading You can go to com. 
slash shop and you can purchase one. If you have more than one question, you just keep adding the ones and ones and ones for all the questions you want to ask. Okay. And then it'll tally up in your cart and you send it to me and I'll answer all of the questions as long as you've paid for them. And I'll answer via email and I'll send that out to you within seven days. Or you can write into the podcast and um, that's SYM at Kelechi Okafor.com. Or if you want your month ahead reading, like I said, apologies that, you know, I haven't gotten them out straight away this month. If you want your month ahead readings, join patreon.com forward slash Kaleshi Okafor and um, select the Straw Society tier, which is £33 a month. And every month I will send you your personalised month ahead reading for what to expect. Let me tell you, yeah, there is one tarot reader that I like to watch online. She did a pick a pile for September. I picked my pile. When I tell you so many of the things that she said for this, for September have transpired. It's actually wild. It's extremely wild. But um, yeah, that's that. So let's get to Share Your Magnificence. So for Share Your Magnificence, um, I have a wonderful interview with Atinuke, who um, is a fantastic author, a beautiful woman, proper baby girl. We'll get to that shortly. But let me just read out some of the Share Your Magnificences that you've shared with me. Um, let's see what this one is. Oh, this seems like a voice note. I wonder if I can play it. Let's see. Hello, Kalechi. It's your long time listener, triple time, share your magnificence, um, speaker, (laughs) uh, all the way from the U S of A. And it's been a minute since I sent another share, uh, share your magnificence. My Share Your Magnificences are always about you because you are magnificent. And these last couple of months alone, the way I have seen you just root into yourself in the face of some unbelievable levels of fuckery, just know, just know that... I pray for you. Like you are definitely in my prayers. I pray for you as much as I pray for myself, as I pray for most people that I hold near and dear because no one black woman should be fighting these fights that you fight without um, having some level of support. And I do believe, and I know that you also believe that we are not just fighting earthly things here, that we are fighting spiritual warfare. And I just want you to know that you are so in alignment with what your Ori, your Egung, your ancestors, and your heavenly mates have ordained for you. And I just want to say my Ori sees your Ori, and I just want you to know that you are definitely only receiving love, protection, joy from me. Only good vibes, only good things. And I'm just so in awe You are such a role model. I know that word is fraught, but you are such a role model for what rooting into yourself can look like. And I and I am I'm taking lots of notes. I am so grateful that you have chosen to teach us your ways to live as a demonstration of what is possible when you love on yourself, reparent yourself and um completely embrace your purpose, completely go on this wild ride of what it means to be a spirit having a human experience. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Mega congratulations for all the success. I cannot wait to see 
you when you come stateside uh, in October. I cannot wait to read Edge of Here. I cannot wait for all the other wonderful things that you will gift us as a collective, as a diasporic massive. Thank you so much, Kalechi. You are magnificent. No, but why do I love you? Like, why Why do I love you? That was such, a, and your voice. I know that you've written, but your voice is just, oh, I love it. I love it. And I look forward to seeing you in October. Um, it already feels like a mood. Look at that. Baltimore, we're going to have sexy voices, sexy people. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to have the best time. So very much looking forward to Baltimore in October. It's going to be a mood. Thank you so much for sending that through. As I was listening, I took a swig of apple juice as well while I was listening because my mouth, you know, when your mouth feels very, I feel like, why does it feel that way? Like you've been sucking cock for two hours. God, I could hear it on my head, in my headphones, like, like my mouth. Yeah. Anyway, it shouldn't sound that way now. I just wanted to share that because, you know, I just share irrelevant things because my mind is constantly thinking about like thousands of things at any given moment. Thank you so much for my message. Two slaps on your chest, baby girl. Thank you for writing in. And I look forward to seeing you in Baltimore. As I was listening, apart from drinking the orange juice because my mouth felt dry. Um, wow. Anyway, apart from that, I was also thinking about the fact that I feel a bit numb, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like I need to have a good cry. I need to have a good sob about everything that's happened. Like, you know, like, wow, I finally made it to this point because the past few weeks, heck, the past couple of years have been rough for me. So rough. And, um, to be here. I don't know if you remember the time when I'd submitted the um, manuscript for Edge of Here and then I broke out in stress hives afterwards. It was like my body was just waiting to just be like, oh, girl. So to be at this point where I'm just like, wow, great. And, you know, having gone to Peru as well, I'm just so proud of me and I need a good cry. You know, I was close at the launch. Like I got very teary at the launch, seeing people give me a standing ovation. And then we went to the Guap Gala and then people are like clapping for me, standing up and clapping for me. I'm just like, rah, like that's me. Like me, you know, like I feel like I'm outside of myself. Like me, like I did that. Wow. Like, like, it's, yeah, it's mad. It's mad. So I'm going to schedule in. I, maybe when I have the massage from Pauline, maybe that will help me release the cry, the cry of joy, the cry of gratitude. Like, I'm just so grateful to be here. Like, I'm so grateful to be here with you all doing whatever this thing is that we call reality. Like, big up us in it. Big up all of us. Um, What other messages do I have? What does this one say? Um, um hi, okay, This one is titled Kelechi the Don. The Don. Hi Kelechi, I have thought about writing this for a very long time. I think it has taken me about six years to finally get it um, get to it because I've come full circle. I'm from the good old South, Southern Africa. I came here around 2015. I started listening to your podcast in 2019 when I was lost both in myself and career. I did not want any dreams um, or identity for myself apart from the usual do uni get married have children and wait to die then god led me to sym i have cried laughed and cursed with you you are the best example of the importance of representation each time you said i am a don i slowly began to believe that for myself too and i started taking up space in my relationships and career 
I never in a million years thought I would do a PhD in the UK, let alone a PhD that looks at telling my white professors and examiners to suck their mums using posh academic language, of course. I'm no longer upper-lipped. I feel um, I will tell people what I think. Each time I see you and I hear you on TV, podcasts and on SYM, you give me hope that I too can be a vessel, no matter how small. I too am a Don, just a baby girl in a baby world. Kelechi, may God bless you. May you be protected by an army of angels and may your ancestors continue to never sleep on you. Your obedience and discipline to your call and purpose has given me my life back. Gave me another lifeline. Gave me armor to join you on the battlefield and fight. I'm teary now, but good tears. Thank you, my big sissy. I'm defo gonna sign with my big, big uni name. Big up yourself. Wow. That made me feel a bit teary. There I was going, I need a good cry. And then you, y'all, you almost got me. You almost got me. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. I'm big up. You are a Don and you're not a small vessel. Like you're not. We're all equally sized droplets in this massive ocean of consciousness. We're all equally sized droplets. It's just realizing that you're a droplet and realizing that you're part of something much larger um, while appreciating the part that you pray, uh, like that you play in the whole thing. So big up yourself and two slaps on your chest because you're doing that. You're doing that PhD and you're letting them pussy clots know that they can't chat to you. I love that. I love that for you. And I can't wait till you message me back and you're like, I'm Dr. Rare, Rare, Rare. I will be so excited for you. I'm already excited for you. Thank you so much for showing me the love. Um, well, now let's cut to uh, my interview, my chat with Atinuke. So Atinuke, like I said, is a wonderful author. I have read her books to Lev. You know, from the moment Lev was born, I've read some of Atinuke's books to him. She's wonderful. And she's written um, a new book for older children called um, um, Brilliant Black British History. And we need it. The things that she covers is just incredible. Because first of all, when people are like, get out of my country. Like, she's like, let me just tell you one thing about this alleged country and how you want other people, non-white people to get out. Let me tell you a bit about that. So um, yeah, Asinuke is amazing. Um, She writes on her site, the books I read led to some of my biggest decisions. At 10, I chose to go to boarding school in England led astray by Mallory Towers. At 13, my mother and siblings joined me in the UK. We traveled home to Nigeria in the school holidays. And since then, I have had one foot, sometimes more, sometimes less in each country. I studied English and Commonwealth literatures at university. And afterwards, I traveled, filling notebook after notebook with my scribbles. Then I fell in love with the art of oral storytelling. After being cajoled, into telling a Nigerian folktale on a festival stage. Since then, for the last 20 years, I've told stories from the African continent and diaspora to adults and children in schools, festivals and theatres all over the world. Children in the West constantly ask me what it was like growing up, in the Afri- um, growing up on the African continent. They imagined it was full of safari animals and poverty. My first book, Anna Hibiscus, was my reply. The best-selling Anna Hibiscus series is about a girl from a rich, in many ways, family growing up in an African megacity, a city inspired by the city I grew up in, Lagos. 
The number one car spotter series, which followed Anna, is about a boy from a poor, in money only, family living in a village, inspired by my childhood visits to my father's home village. My third, sp- my third series, Too Small Tola, is set back in the mega city of Lagos, Nigeria, but this time the heroine is from a poor, in money only family. I write picture books too. It is perhaps my favourite genre. Action, humour, suspense and surprise all in 500 words. My first information book, Africa, Amazing Africa, is a love letter to my fatherland. My second non-fiction book, Brilliant Black British History, published now, is a celebration of the history of my motherland. I've now written over 20 children's books, almost um, all set in Nigeria, and um, yeah, you could check it out on Atinuke's website. Now she lives in Wales. She says where she swims in cold seas and stomps along wild footpaths, loving where she is and also longing and plotting for the day when she can return to the continent of her birth. Atinuke is fantastic. She is wonderful. And I love speaking to women um, authors who have like forged ahead before I even like it's mad because I used to see her name about you know I go into bookstores and I'll just see books and Atinuke I'll be like all right cool and then I read some and whatever else and then read some to Lev it's like wild that we get to have this conversation but I feel like I've talked too much I want you to enjoy my chat with Atinuke so um yeah I'll catch you in a bit well I feel like I should say auntie Atinuke like I I just don't (laughs) I can't just be landing your name, just landing your name anyhow. <laughs> you know, you have to respect, like, respect our elders, respect where we're from, you know, and mm. and pay mm. homage to that. But Auntie Atunuke, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Mm. It's a great pleasure. It's a great pleasure and an honour to be here. No, likewise. It's, you know, like, to me, there are, like, celebrities literary celebrities oral storytelling celebrities and that's who you are to me you know like just you've really been out here us ones that are coming through thinking that you know and this is what I'm always saying when people uh, say things like I'm the first to I because I think publishing encourages that to to be the first to do something when there's nothing new under the sun and some of the things that have been done in terms of um, in the literary sense you you were, you, you know, you've been doing for years, over 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I hear it a lot. I hear, you know, people saying, oh, there aren't any books with black characters or this author is the first. And I think, yeah, I've been doing that for 20 years. Mm. You know, I would say 99% of the characters in my books are black and then I wonder have they been overlooked because they're set on the African continent you know most of them are set in Nigeria yes so does that mean even though they're published in the UK and they're published in the US I have that question I have that question and it's a very valid uh salient question it's so true because I remember when I was getting books for Lev I 
I didn't struggle per se because, you know, instantly B is for baby was like my first book. Baby goes to mark uh, goes goes to the market, another book like, and then just seeing the wealth of work that you've done for different age groups throughout the years. It's just like, wait, we've had all of this. So what is going on when mm. people are shouting mm. within publishing and just in the mainstream mm. that we don't mm-hmm. have books? We don't, it's like mm-hmm. we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where and would they prefer I... it to be set? Is it is it more so they're saying, oh well, because it's set on the African continent, we can't relate to that, so we want it set elsewhere. Where automatically, I believe that then that um, ostracizes or others the protagonist. You know, mm-hmm. baby is in baby's continent. Baby is in baby's country. And so the things around baby make sense when baby goes to the market and gets biscuits and all of this and chinching on. It makes sense. What do, yeah. Where do we want baby to get the things from? What do we want baby to have? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I ask that question and then I wonder whether the problem is, you know, OK, well, firstly, is it a problem because my books are not set in the Western world mm. or is it is it just the general whitewashing? So we have amazing authors of color. Mm-hmm. We have amazing authors from the global majority. We have amazing black authors. Are they celebrated? Mm-hmm. Do people know about them? So, you know, I see, I remember when the, this, this conversation about diversity in publishing came out and there were huge articles in the Guardian, in the Times, all about, they gave so much space to saying, you know, there are no diverse books. This is terrible. And I thought, have they ever given space to talk about my books? Mm. Do they give space to celebrate the books that are there, Mm. the diverse books that are there? Not just mine, never mind about me. Like, even if they concentrated on another author or other authors, why don't they celebrate the diverse books that exist so that people know about them, so that people can yes. ask for them in their libraries and their bookshops? Yes. Hey, I read this article, you know, um, but they they give so much space to complaining that there are not enough and no space to celebrating the diverse books that actually do exist, which yeah. would encourage more authors to write them exactly. to say, hey, this is a thing. This is a thing, you know, oh, I could write picture books and it's important enough to get into the newspaper. Maybe this is a maybe this is a important job I could do in life, you know, other than being a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant. The things that are, well, certainly for my generation, (laughs) the things our parents and our communities wanted us to do. I mean, the weeping and the wailing when I said I wanted to be an author. And an author of children's books. My dad still says, oh, when are you going to write a proper book? You know, not one of these small, small pamphlets. I mean, they are good. They are good. Don't get me wrong. Your pamphlets are good. Your pamphlets. When are you going to write, when are you going to write something serious, you know? <laughs> are you like, dad, it's serious. It's, it's actually yeah. serious. Yeah. But it's, it's again the impact, especially with Nigerian parents, it really goes over their head. Like what you said about the weeping and wailing, it speaks to me so deeply. Because when I said to my mum, you know, I'm just gonna focus on acting, she's like, Yeah, Kilichi, you have you have killed me, you have finished me. Yeah. <laughs> when your age mates are going to go and be nurses, then you want to go and be, do acting. It's like, well, it's what I know. 
in my soul that I do well. So when acting wasn't really picking up like that, I was like, I'm going to train to become a personal trainer again. She was like, no, why is it my own daughter? What is happening? But here we are. Here we are. Because when they're at the parties and they're at the clubs, they want to be proud, you know. (laughs) They want to say, ah, my own daughter, this is what she's doing. Yes. But I can say, I mean, we have been dedicated Mm. and been prepared to face failure in the face. Yes. Yeah. And to face poverty. Yes. Um, And to make sacrifices to do the thing that we know we that God has given us whatever God is to yes, us yes we've been given the this gift this is the gift that we've been given to bring into the world and, and we've been yeah. willing to sacrifice to do that and you know as a result of talent and luck and opportunity and bloody hard work yes we are here now and it's so true, everything that you said there, when you, it, it's a gift, it's a calling, you just know that this is how I contribute to the world and we can all contribute in different ways. If we're all contributing in the exact same way, there wouldn't be the diversity then, would there? Like, there is so much beauty in the world and I look at nature that we are a part of, we're not separate from, Um and you just see how different kind of entities have to like coexist mm. in order mm. that we can thrive mm. as people. Mm-hmm. And I do mm-hmm. understand the insistence on this sort of homogeneity when it comes to um, careers, because it, it's elitist as well. It's it's how we've been seen, you know, why, how whiteness has sold it to us that these are the, um, you know, these are the careers, these are the professions that matter the most when actually even when you look at those um, careers, when you break it down to what we understand historically, we haven't not had those. So if you're talking to me about a doctor, well, we've had healers, we've had doulas, we've had mm. all of these people mm. throughout history. And we've had the people who are great with numbers. We've had the people who were, um, you know, within the town's council that would be able to advocate if something was happening amongst people. So mm. we haven't, we, we didn't just start having those professions. We've had them. They just had different names and thus they had different functionality slightly um, not in a mm-hmm. white supremacist sense. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like I had to embrace that, that there are those of us who like to tell stories, whether we tell them through books and through like performing them or being on the podcast, we understand the importance of being able to speak life into our present and past histories in order that we can maintain them for the future. So I feel like that's why I feel so attuned and aligned with you because I see the importance um the energetic, spiritual importance of telling stories and mm. helping us to weave back, like mm. weave our, you know, weave the tapestry of our histories back together. Yeah. So mm. now, when you've given us or gifted us, um, brilliant, um, you know, brilliant Black British history, that's important too. Because I was literally talking about the other week, I um, went on a TV debate. And the person opposing me said, you know, we shouldn't focus on history that makes white people feel guilty. We shouldn't, we shouldn't talk about that anymore. Because <laughs> they've suffered. They've, they've suffered. suffered all. Oh, that guilt is killing them. It's killing them. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, but what you've sorry. done so brilliantly in um in this particular book, this very serious book that is more than a pamphlet, um, 
It's help us. It's help us to retrace history because you actually start from the very beginning. Like you don't want to keep talking about the Vikings. Let's absolutely start mm. at the Vikings. Mm. Let's go. Mm. Um, and mm. what spurred you to say that this is how I'm going to tell a story this time? Well, to go back to something you said earlier, I believe that stories feed the souls of children. Mm. I believe that stories are what feed the souls of children. Obviously, for a child to thrive, they need love, they need safety, they need to be seen, they need to be heard. But to really feed their souls, they need stories. And I think there's a... Uh, there's been a sort of assumption or something um, where the West has seen the African oral storytelling tradition as something for children. Mm. And certainly the stories I find are not for children, they're for young people, Mm. the traditional stories. Most of the stories, the traditional African stories I know are not appropriate for small children mm. they're for teaching teenagers that you can't lecture to them you can't tell them what's right and wrong but mm. you tell a child or a young person a story and it goes into them it nourishes them it feeds them they they get to experience along with the characters what happens if you go one way or if you go another way mm. so when I came to non-fiction to start writing nonfiction, I realized I wanted to write it as a story. Yes. And I wanted to write nonfiction. So this book, Brilliant Black British History, I wanted to write it. Everything is factual, mm-hmm. but I wanted to use the, the language of story. Yes. For those of us who don't think of ourselves as readers, mm-hmm. For those who are never going to pick up David Olusoga's Black and British, which is fantastic, yes. but it's this thick and the print is tiny and you have to be a confident reader to read that. A dedicated. And have dedicated to give time, commitment and confidence. And I wanted to write a book that anybody can read. Hmm. Anybody, no matter their literary skills, as long as they can read a bit. And a book where the story, the pictures... Almost feels like a graphic novel. That's what I love so much about it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted that. I wanted the illustrations to be able to tell the story. But maybe for people who can't read of any age, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I wanted to tell... British history. I I wanted it to be a book about British history, including the white people, but not forgetting about the black people, because what's happened in the telling of British history is that it's been completely whitewashed. Yes. So only the white bits have been told. Mm -hmm. So the story starts with white people and it covers the white achievements and the white kings and queens and the you know, the white inventors and what happened to white people through the ages. And it's completely ignored black contribution. Yeah. For example, it just came out in the last few weeks that the iron technology used during the Industrial Revolution was actually developed 
by Jamaican men, yes. possibly women as well, but, but men were the only ones mentioned, who brought that technology with them from the African continent yeah. where we were working with iron and with steel thousands of years before Britain or Europe was. Yes. They brought that technology from the African continent to Jamaica where it was patented by a white British man, yes. brought to Britain, the Industrial Revolution was fueled with that, mm. and it was all down to this white inventor. It got me. That's it got the my story. Yeah, it got me when I was I was literally in um Jamaica just a couple of days ago and I was talking with somebody about this. And even in Jamaica, they were stunned that they did not know this either. You know, we're talking mm -hmm. about this very same thing. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, mm -hmm. look at how we're robbed of hi like history. Mm -hmm. And thus we are robbed mm -hmm. of completeness and wholeness. So, so many mm -hmm. people are, whether white or black or whichever race or ethnicity, they're walking on this earth feeling incomplete not knowing why and then you look at different things you buy different things to feed it not understanding that you don't feel complete because you don't know your story you don't yeah and so many of yeah. us are trying to piece it yeah. together and that's how we're knowing yeah. wholeness but it was yeah. intentional it was intentional yeah it was whitewashed completely stolen and whitewashed and when I came to write this book I thought I'm going to start with the first Britons, you know, the first white Britons. And then there'll be some, I, you know, I thought, well, the first black people who came to this island were Roman soldiers. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's when the black history will start. But I'm going to start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I researched who those first Britons were. And I discovered that in 2019, I'm just looking for the page, mm -hmm. that in 2019, DNA tests were done. And the first... Ooh. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm laughing in black. <laughs> Would you look at that? This is this yeah. is England. This is this is Britain. Britain is for British. Is okay, Britain. that's us. That's us then. This is these are the first Britons. And I'm saying these were the first English people, Welsh people, Irish people, and Scottish people. This is what they looked like. Oh. Yeah. I need to get this copy to Nigel Farage immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Black skin, the darkest two possible markers for skin. Wow. So not only so, were they black, they were black. Yeah. The darkest two possible skin markers they had. They had blue eyes. Oh. Yeah. They had blue eyes because what we, the, the hair color, skin color, eye color that we associate goes together today has not always gone together. It's not always gone together. So these Western Europeans, this is what all Western Europeans looked like. They had blue eyes. They had black, black skin. They had black, black hair that was curly, but not Afro curly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, you know, these were the first Britons. And everybody in Britain today who doesn't have um, migrants as their recent ancestors. Yeah. So I'm 
talking about the white, white, white people who can trace their way back to the Anglo-Saxons, mm-hmm. 10% of their DNA is shared with these first Britons. Oh, I know that they're screaming so and throwing up. If you know. are white, 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 10 British, mm-hmm. 10% of your DNA is shared with our first Britons here. And not only were they the first Britons, they were the only Britons for 7,500 years. Wow. Before anybody lighter came along. The next lot of people were probably slightly darker than me. They brought farming. They brought the first sheep. They brought the first wheat. They brought farming to Britain. And those people, slightly darker than my colour, built Stonehenge. So when you think about Stonehenge, that great British icon, Mm. that was built by brown people. Brown people built Stonehenge. We need to be back in the schools full full throttle with the real influence. Yeah, yeah. And then only 4,500 years ago, white people arrived. 4,500 years ago? Yeah, white people arrived in Britain. But then the original Britons were already doing their thing 7,500 years before any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. If you want to have that kind of conversation, which actually I don't, I Mm -hmm. feel like the planet belongs to all people. And borders are white supremacist constructs, really, as we know them in this modern age. But if we want to be silly, like we can be hilarious. Well, not just hilarious, but you know, we can be hilarious if we, if we want to be funny about things. And that's exactly the point you, you make so perfectly. This isn't about, um, you go here and you go there. It's that we should all be able to move freely and honor each other's personhoods and, and exist like what is it what is all of this and at what cost so now we're Mm. becoming desensitized to people like drowning in the english channel because we've been told that but they're they're different from you and they're coming here to take your things what things we're broke what things you know (laughs) (laughs) why don't we work together like we're struggling what are you talking about Mm. um so yeah it's, Mm. it's it's knowing that and even I wish that not just during Black History Month, but if we we're going to start from Black History Month, right, that this book is everywhere, that it's in all the schools, that it's everywhere. So mm. Black children don't mm. feel like, oh, I, I should be grateful to be here. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm an yeah. anomaly. I should yeah. be grateful. To, it's like, yeah. no, people like yeah. me who look like me yeah. have been here, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Have been here and... The wealth of this country, I mean, we're broke now, but if you want to talk about the wealth this country had, it's just, I mean, this country still has wealth. It's just, of course, loads. it's, it's concentrated, just concentrated yeah. in a very few people. Yeah. But that wealth came from the African continent. Yes. One way or another. It came from black people. I mean, the debt that Britain had after World War II to America was paid directly with resources from the African colonies. They filled ships full of, you know, our metals, our timber, African metals. Let me Mm. make that clear what what hour that is. Sometimes I say hour, I mean British. Sometimes I say hour, I mean Nigerian. (laughs) But with, you know, with African resources were loaded onto ships to the value of the debt and shipped to America. Yeah. And we've just talked about the Industrial Revolution, mm. um, the, you know, 
And then the wealth that was made by the trafficking of African people mm. to the Americas, mm. how Britain became rich from yeah. that. Great. And yeah. And then how black people came to rebuild the country after the wars, yes. how black people fought and died in the world wars. I mean, this country became great because of the contribution of global majority people yes. mostly mostly people of african heritage yes and so if we're looking at where the greatness truly lies like you know you they were great by proxy you know to be honest mm. Because mm, the originality mm. of that greatness wasn't theirs to begin with Not with the um, horrendous things that were done anyway And I'm so glad and I'm so thankful that you've written um, books for pretty much every age Like you've covered so many ages And so I feel confident mm. that when Lev is reading I don't, You don't just stop We don't just stop with anti care at mm. this stage We continue because there is so much more, you know, mm. to, to read And I think that that's important to, I'm glad that there are people, you know, who, um, authors who write, illustrators who do what they do and illustrate um, in a way that speaks to what we experience in the West. But it is also so important to have something that's beautiful, that doesn't exotify just Africanness. You know, it's just every day. Mm. You know, it's so important mm. to have books that just mm. reflect the everyday. Mm. Yeah, and they're not about, they're not about race. Well, mm. It's, I mean, it's been, I have been so grateful to be able to write the books that I have written mm. and the support that I've had from my publisher, Walker Books. Mm. You know, back in the day, back in the day, it took time for my books to sell and to become known. And they kept supporting me. They kept bringing them out. They kept yeah. saying these books are important. These books are important. Even, you know, even when they weren't making money, they would publish the next one and the next one. Um, and I, I'm really, really deeply grateful to that. Because so it, in so a way... That you mentioned that because I think in certain respects or in certain regards, as you say that, there are certain parts of pu publishing that do get a bad rap. That it's just like, oh, well, you know, a black author isn't selling, so cut it. Or it's about, or it's a black story, it's not selling, cut it. Whereas with Walker Books to have been... Because also it does make... I don't care what anyone says. It does make a difference psychologically when you're in that bookstore and you're choosing a book and you see the, the, the emblem or a logo of a publisher that you recognise that's got... a. You you know, with a character that is black, those two things do actually mm. do something in your mm. mind. Um, so mm. I'm glad that they did do that and they did support you in that way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They supported me when they were they were making a loss, mm. basically. Through all the years when they were making a loss, they supported me. They're not making a loss now. Amen. But they could have, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better let us know, okay? <laughs> um, but, you know, really what I wanted to do was just to write ordinary stories. When I was growing up, I loved my books, but there were no black children in them and they were never set on the African continent. Yeah. And I just wanted to write ordinary stories about children having childhoods like my childhood or from my country, from my continent, just ordinary stories celebrating how incredible 
I mean, I was lucky enough to spend my childhood in Nigeria. What an incredible country. Um, And I just wanted to share that, you know, it's like the creativity and the energy and just the powerfulness of it. I just wanted to share that, not because I think it's better than white cultures. I mean, through our whole conversation, I want to make it clear. I don't think that black cultures are better than white cultures. Mm -hmm. I don't think black people are better than white people. Mm -hmm. We're people. And every single individual one of us, there's good and bad yeah. in us. Mm-hmm. We st- we struggle to be the best people we can be with the traumas that we've been through. Yeah, because trauma is what leads to our destructive behaviors towards ourselves and towards other people. Mm-hmm. That the reason that I focus on black people, black history, black culture is because it's been negated, yes. not because I think it's better but because it's been negated and because of the whitewashing that has happened. So I feel like I have to scream even louder to get through the whitewashing. Just, yeah. you know, can you hear me? <laughs> Our people were great. Yes. We did invent things as well. Yeah. Sometimes before the Western world. Can you hear me? <laughs> For the white historians and academics, my God. Oh, they're losing it. They are just rolling around on the floor, just throwing up. They're like, what do you mean? Because sometimes these historians that we speak of, their knowledge only starts from when they were told too. And so I think about, you know, I also have to say your website is the most beautiful website I've seen. Like I instantly was like, I need to get my act together. What? And babies just there looking cute and not original. Like it's so beautiful. The colorway. Oh, I love it. Anyway, the reason I mentioned that is because you talk of, your mother having been a writer as well mm-hmm. right. right yeah and so even in there I think that there is something about building a culture of of reading and writing of enjoying the process of storytelling and mm. even if we like as a parent you're not a writer or you're not a storyteller inviting your children into the world of imagination is so important especially when it mm-hmm. comes to considering um concepts that aren't readily taught to them in schools because you might say to a young person now hey read uh, brilliant black british history and they go but it's this i don't get it i don't see i I don't get it but it's because their imagination has they haven't been encouraged to imagine that there's something different to what they've been told just across the board like you say because of whitewashing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what we want our children to do we have to model for them yes So, you know, I hear parents say, oh, my kids don't read. They're always on their devices. And I think, well, what do they see you do? Oh, what are they watching you do? So when you're telling them you want them to read, are they seeing you reading? Mm -hmm. When you're telling them to put down their device, are you putting down your device? Drag me. Do you, (laughs) you know, do you read to your family? Does your... Does your partner sit down and listen to the story? Mm -hmm. Do you read as a family? And can you continue reading as a family? And do you share, do you, do you read a book and then look up and say, I've just read this incredible thing. 
to your partner in the hearing of your children or to your children. We, we, you know, children do what we do. They don't do what we say. Yes. So if we know what we want them to do, we have to do it. We have to show them. We don't even have to say, hey, read this book. We just have to open it and start reading it. Yeah. And start going, wow. Yeah. No. (laughs) Say to your partner or your friend, do you see this? Do you see this? Do you see? Where the oh here we go, here we go. This way, this way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you see where the The civilized Roman soldiers brought civilization to Britain? To the cannibal savage Celts. Ooh, Do you see this? I mean, now narrative can go both ways. Yeah. And once our kids see us doing that, then we put the book down and we'll see that they, they pick it up. Yeah, they're, they're curious. Start, they it's start. that curiosity and the fascination. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, be careful with mommy's book. That's precious. Then they're like, now I really got to read it. <laughs> That was my thing. Our level up yeah. anything that's mine suddenly becomes his. The moment I say that's mine, oh, that's it. <laughs> and also, it's even the little things like listening to them when they're telling a story, because sometimes it can take them a while to get to the point. But if you turn away when they're telling you something, all they're understanding from that is that their story, their voice isn't really important or is an inconvenience. So Lev might be telling mm. me the most long-winded story with breaks in the middle and 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 I'm there, you know, fully engaged, keeping the eye contact, nodding along, smiling because I want to instill in him that confidence that when he needs to say something, it matters what he has to say. And I'm paying attention. Yeah. And I I don't yeah. remember that being done for me when I was growing up. So I almost had to like teach myself that it is okay for me to speak. It is okay for me to share. And it is okay for me to story tell, you know? Um, and I think you're so right that to teach our children that what they say matters mm. and that we're going to listen yeah. and that we're going to believe them yes. for all sorts of reasons. So when they're telling us the unimportant things, to us, it may yes, seem yeah, unimportant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that we show them that it, it's important and we can listen. And it's okay to say, you know, mummy can't listen now, but she really wants to hear your story. So as soon as I've finished yeah. this tricky bit of frying or this tricky email, <laughs> yes. I'm shutting my laptop and I want to hear. It's yeah. like we can't always drop everything, but we can acknowledge, you know, I can't hear now, but I really don't want to miss this. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to come, I'm going to come to you. Yeah. And you know, if it is really boring, (laughs) that's the perfect moment for your pelvic floor exercises. (laughs) You know, let me tell you as an older mother, yes, if you really want to multitask and you're listening to your child telling you this long, long story, like you say, with plenty of pauses (laughs) and just squeeze and lift. The elevator's going up and coming. (laughs) That is actually perfect. I will do that now. When that story starts, and it's like, um, and 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 I'll be like, okay, cool. That's this is is Kegel time. (laughs) Um, But no, thank you so so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure and. Thank you for all of the ways in which you have helped us to 
come back to ourselves, to come back home to ourselves through the stories that you tell. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And thank you for your work um, and what it's what it has done for me. You know, I said this to you earlier, but you've given me permission to start breaking down some walls inside myself and given me permission to for different parts of me to own different parts of me. And the the power that you're coming through with is, is changing the world. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Just follow it. Yeah. Just trying to be like you. Just trying to be like you. <laughs> no, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that chat with myself and Atinuke. I feel like I should say auntie or sister, you know? I don't like just like, just landing somebody's name on their head when we're not age mates. But, um, you know, I'm really, really grateful to have been able to chat with such an incredible, like prolific author. Um, just so talented author, speaker, poet, like everything, performer, storyteller. I just, ah, love her, love her. Um, and I, you know, so two slaps on your chest. Thank you so much, Atunuke, for joining me. And like, don't say that I don't get you lot anything because basically if you want to go and get brilliant black British history, brilliant black British history by Atinuke, you can get it for 30% off. All you need to do is go to bloomsbury.co.uk and add brilliant black British history to your checkout, to your basket. And at the checkout, put SYM30, so that's SYM30, to get your 30% discount off the hardback of Brilliant Black British History by Atinuke. You get 30% off if you go to bloomsbury.co.uk. That's the publisher's website. So that's B-L-O-O-M-S-B-U-R-Y.co.uk, bloomsbury.co.uk. Select Brilliant Black British History, said at that time. Put it in your basket, enter the code SYM30. And you get 30% off, so you can definitely gift that. Okay. And you can read it yourself. Like, learn some history, babe. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's that. And now that we're moving into So You Mad for this week, I just want to say that, um, you know, my thoughts, my heart goes out to uh, the people of Morocco, Libya. Like, oh, child, like, a lot is happening. A lot is happening. So, sending you all my love. and, you know, I've, if there are any appeals, please give to support the, you know, what's happening in terms of floods and earthquakes and everything. Just get to an appeal and support support these people that are going through it because it feels like the world and well, not feels like the world is going through it, you know. So um, moving into So You Mad, what's the first story I wanted to cover this week because there was a lot last week was so eventful I felt like this week should be fairly quiet but we'll um see so the first thing I wanted to talk about is the fact that um the Caribbean nations are set to uh, demand royal fam that the royal family makes reparations for the slave trade um Caribbean nations are preparing formal letters demanding that the British royal family apologize and make reparations for slavery National reparations commissions in the region will also approach Lloyd's of London and the Church of England with demands of financial payments and reparative um, justice for their historic role in the slave trade. The commissions are planning to send the letters to the institutions by the end of the year. Speaking to the newspaper in Grenada, Arlie Gill, a lawyer and chair of the Island Nations Reparations Commission, said, 
the island repar- um, reparations. The island nation's reparations commission, my God, said, we are hoping that King Charles will revisit the inf- um, will revisit the issue of reparations and make a more profound statement beginning with an apology and that he would make resources from the royal family available for reparative um, reparative ju- justice. He should make some money available. We are not saying that he should starve himself and his family, unlikely. Um, and we're not asking for trinkets, but we believe we can sit around a table and discuss what can be made available for this justice. He added that the duty to offer reparations lay at all levels, banks, churches, insurance companies like Lloyd's and universities and colleges that benefited. Earlier this year, the Guardian revealed that direct ancestors of King Charles III and the royal family bought and exploited enslaved people on tobacco plantations in Virginia. Research by the playwright Desiree Baptiste unearthed a document instructing a ship's captain to deliver the enslaved Africans to Edward Porteous, a tobacco, tobacco plantation owner in Virginia, and two other men. Portis' son, Robert, inherited his father's estate before moving his family to England in 1720. Later, a direct descendant, Francis Smith, married the aristocrat Claude um, Bowes-Lyon. Um, uh, their granddaughter was Elizabeth Bowes-Lyon, the late queen mother. Aha! Ha! Well, there you go. The Guardian also found documents linking the slave trade a slave trader, Edward Colston, to the British monarchy. In response to the Guardian's reporting, Charles signalled for the first time his support for research into the links between the British monarchy and the transatlantic slave trade. A Buckingham Palace spokesperson said at the time that the king took the issue of slavery profoundly seriously, which he has described as an appalling atrocity. Support for the research was part of Charles's process of deepening his understanding of slavery's enduring impact, the spokesperson said, which had continued with vigour and determination since his accession. However, he has not yet formally apologised for Britain's heavy involvement in the slave trade. An estimated 3.2 million enslaved African people were transported around the world by Britain's vast shipping industry between 1640 and the early 19th century. Lloyds of London, which was the global centre for ensuring that industry, has said it is deeply sorry for its participation in the trade. It is part of our shared history that caused enormous suffering and continues to have a negative impact on black and ethnically diverse communities today. The company stated on its website, leading figures in the Church of England also owned enslaved people and it has previously admitted that a predecessor of its modern investment fund called Queen Anne's Bounty invested significant sums in the slave trading South Sea Company in the 18th century. There's no doubt that those who were making the investments knew that the South Sea Company was trading in enslaved people and that's now a source of real shame for us and for which we apologise. Gareth Mostyn, uh, chief executive of the Church Commissioners, told BBC Radio earlier on this year. Adrian Odell, uh, lawyer and commission chair, told The Telegraph that British institutions are compromised by their ancestral guilt, saying every property that the royal family is in possession of has the scent of slavery. Not scent, because scent would maybe smell nice. Stench of slavery, I would like to say. He will push to bypass the UK government, which has so far not been receptive to the idea of reparations. 
with formal letters to be drafted and delivered by December. I love this energy. Why? Because Pluto will be in Aquarius 2024. And let me tell you, it's on and popping. I want you to take so much money that the monarchy has to be abolished. If they are going to prevent and protect their private assets, they have to dissolve the monarchy and go their own way so they can keep, so you can go your own way. If you want to keep money, money from slavery, can I actually go home? That's what I'm telling myself right now. Go home. It's time for me to go home. They're going to do something very crafty so they don't lose the all of the money that they have. But the best thing for them would be to abolish the monarchy. So it won't, I, it might, it might not be a big hoo-ha when the monarchy is abolished. They'll kind of try and do it on the sly because they don't want to lose money. That's it. Because they're going to have to acknowledge the letters where the Caribbean islands are like, <laughs> open your purse. Open your purse. Okay. So that's um very, very that's gonna be very interesting. So that's why I saw for So You Mad. I saw something else about a prison working with McDonald's to give people jobs. I'll have to come back and look at that properly. Um yeah, I saw another story for So You Mad that I thought was mm, mm. Holiness Academy has defended placing a child in isolation for wearing the supermarket version of a skirt that's part of their uniform, insisting parents were made aware of the policy in June. This is a very, very wild um, story to me. So it says here, a mother said she was disgusted after an East Yorkshire secondary school put her 14-year-old daughter into isolation for wearing the wrong brand of skirt. Becky Richards said her daughter, Tony Lee, had been lined up with other pupils at Holderness Academy and had her waistband inspected by staff. The school has a policy that skirts must be bought from an official supplier at a cost of £18. An academy spokesperson said uniform policy has been made clear to parents. Ms Richards said the skirt, which was bought from a supermarket for £8, was identical to the one from the school uniform shop. There are some people who just can't afford it, she said. There's no difference other than the tag in the waistband. And you know, she's not lying because more time, a lot of these skirts are manufactured by the same people and they just put different tags. And you might be like, oh, maybe they use slightly different material. If you see the picture of these skirts, they look absolutely identical. When I was at Notre, um, Notre Dame, they bodied us. Like the way that our brown skirts were designed, you couldn't really go and find them anywhere on road. Like you couldn't go George at Asda to go and find a skirt. You had, we had to buy ours from an official retailer um, on um, Woolworth Road. But this one, they, it's just a gray skirt with bare pleats. Like there's nothing special. She, this skirt is just not that girl. Like it's not a big deal. And it just feels a bit intrusive that you're walking around and turning around the waistband of girls' skirts to have a look at the tag. It feels very predatory. Yuck. And it's so elitist. It's so classist. Who the fuck cares? If it looks like the same skirt from the outside, like why are we doing all of this? My God, schools, schools, schools. Anything but actually educating the kids. Anything. Oh my God, your hairstyle is wrong. And this time, Actually, it's not a black child I'm talking about before. You're like, you're always talking about black things. It's a white girl that they've done this to with her white mother. All right. So this is a class thing. Well, I'll say it's a class thing, but I can also say that it's a race thing because anyway, don't worry. Miss Richard's daughter said she was, she was left feeling self-conscious at the inspection process, which took place at the school in Preston. 
And we had a lift We had to lift our top up So the waistband was visible Said Tony Lee It was horrible because the other people Started making fun of me Saying I could not afford one So the school is essentially um, Inciting bullying Because what difference does it make? What, what, why? And now people are going to be like Oh look at you It's like when you used to kind of have Trainers that were um, Not Adidas They were like Afifas or you know like the ways that people didn't even rate like them Elise trainers back in the day. Now you'll see people going around in Elise champion, this, that, and the other. I know that Essex weren't rated back in the day, right? Um it's just mad. It's just mad. Miss Richards said she had now taken her daughter out of the school. In a statement, Holderness Academy said it is normal practice that uniform infringements are identified at the start of the school day with members of the senior leadership team, tutors and pastoral staff um, supporting this process. Students line up in year areas and messages are shared for the day ahead with students then entering the building for a calm start to the day. This process usually takes five minutes and has been standard practice for a number of years without any concerns being raised by parents. The school added that it provided financial support to parents to help with uniform costs and supported um, supported a local charity which provided secondhand uniforms at a discount. A spokesperson for the Department of Education said, we have been absolutely clear that uniform should be affordable and costs for parents should be kept down by enabling them to choose high street and unbranded options. Our statutory guidance is that cost and value for money, uh, for money for parents should be the most important consideration by schools when deciding how to source uniform. And we expect schools to follow this. But this school isn't following it. So what are you going to do? And apparently the school doubled down and they're like, we said what we said. So after she's wearing the wrong skirt, you've now denied her education and you've put her in isolation. Some of you need to be shut down. I am so serious. Like some of your schools need to be shut down. This is fucked up. They've gone on to say, we have supported a number of parents regarding, um, since the start of the term regarding uniform, including providing financial support to the, for those in need. We are one of the few schools in the country who work with a local charity to provide parents with heavily discounted re- recycled uniform to help with the cost. The skirt is an optional item of uniform. Trousers may also be worn You fucking dickhead I'll just go and buy the trousers Also from the same place I'm not going to buy the trousers From where you have suggested And if you're saying that You are happy with Heavily discounted And secondhand This and that and the other What like Who do you know That works at this supplier That you're insisting That it must be from this place Secondhand or otherwise That it must be for this place What pact What blood oath Did you take with the supplier That we must only get this Grey Standard pleated skirt From this one place So if she went and bought a new tag And put that Or she took her tag off her old skirt And put it on this skirt You'd be none the wiser So that just means you're being nasty Nasty and elitist It's disgusting What a fucked up school Nobody should go there There's nothing to learn from Holderness Academy Bullshit Absolute bullshit But I thought I'd bring that up Because it was like Yeah, just very, very 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 unnerving of all the things that you should be working with working on with children you're focusing on their waistband and what tag it says inside because you couldn't recognize it from the outside if the skirt was so inappropriate you should be able to recognize from the outside uh, from the outside just looking at it that it isn't the right skirt you couldn't tell so that's why you had to look at waistbands bullshit um yeah i wanted to read that and also well i was reading about the aliens wasn't i i was reading about the aliens do, 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 do. 
oh, that used to be of all the theme tunes, X Files. That th- that theme tune really got in my bones. Wow, so creepy. Scientists call fraud on expo on supposed extraterrestrials presented to Mexican Congress. It says here. Mexico City's supposed aliens landed in Mexico's Congress, but there were no saucer-shaped UFOs hovering over the historic building or bright green invaders like those seen in Hollywood films. The specter of the little green men visited um, Mexico City as lawmakers heard testimony Tuesday from individuals suggesting the possibility that extraterrestrials might exist. The researchers hailed from Mexico, the United States, Japan and Brazil. The session, unprecedented in the Mexican Congress, took place two months after a similar one before the U.S. Congress, in which a former U.S. Air Force intelligence officer claimed his country has probably been aware of non-human activity since the 1930s. Um, Mexican journalist Jose Jem Mausan presented two boxes with supposed mummies found in Peru, which he and other consider non-human beings that are part of our terrestrial evolution. The shriveled bodies with shrunken, warped heads left those in the chamber aghast and quickly picked up a social media fervor. It's the queen of all evidence, Malson claimed. That is, if the DNA is showing us that they are non-human beings and there is nothing that looks like this in the world, we should take it as such. But he warned that he didn't want to refer to them as extraterrestrials just yet. The apparently desiccated bodies date back to 2017 and were found deep underground in the sandy Peruvian coastal desert of Nazca. The area is known for gigantic enigmatic figures um, scrapped, um, scraped into the earth and seen only from a bird's eye view. Most attribute the Nazca lines to ancient indigenous communities, but the formations have been captured, have captured the imaginations of many. In 2017, Malson made similar claims in Peru and a report by the country's prosecutor's office found that the bodies were actually recently manufactured dolls, which have been covered with a mixture of paper and synthetic glue to simulate the presence of skin. The report added that the figures were almost certainly human made and they were they are not the remains of ancestral aliens that have uh, tried to pre- that they have tried to present. The bodies were not publicly unveiled at the time so it is unclear if they are the same as those presented to Mexico's Congress. On Wednesday, Julieta Fierro, researcher at the Institute of Astronomy at the National Autonomous um, University of Mexico, was among those to express scepticism, saying that many details about the figures made no sense. Fiera added that the researchers' claims that her university endorsed their supposed discovery were false and noted that scientists would need more advanced technology than the x-rays they claimed to use to determine if the allegedly calcified bodies were non-human. Mousen has done many things. He says he has talked to the, uh, the Virgin of Guadeloupe she said, he told me extraterrestrials do not talk to me like they talk to him because I don't believe in them. But scientists added that it seemed strange that they extracted what would surely be a treasure of the nation from Peru without inviting the Peruvian ambassador. Congressman Sergio Gutierrez, um, Luna, Gutierrez Luna of the ruling Morena party made it clear that Congress has not taken a position on these on the thesis put forward during the more than three hour session. 
Believing or not was up to each member of the legislative body, but those who testified had to swear an oath to tell the truth. Gutierrez Luna um, stressed the importance of listening to all voices, all opinions, and said it was positive that there was a transparent dialogue on the issue of extraterrestrials. In the US in July, retired Major David Grush alleged, um, alleged that the US is concealing a long-standing program that retrieves and reverse engineers unidentified flying objects. The Pentagon has denied his claims. Grush's highly anticipated testimony before a House Oversight Subcommittee was the U.S. Congress's latest foray into the world of UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomena, which is the official term the U.S. government uses instead of UFOs. Democrats and Republicans in recent years have pushed for more research as a national security matter due to concerns that sightings observed by pilots may be tied to U.S. adversaries. Now, for me, I don't know where um, my guy got the aliens from i saw them like i'm just come on like we're not alone and i just i think about technological advancements i think about how cute i am aliens must have been involved okay that was very much off tangent but you get what i mean like i don't know it's my thing i don't know so i'm open to suggestions but please let the aliens be sexy it's all i have for the people that's all i've got to give Okay, that's that for So You Mad. All right, finally, let's get to Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mum. Mine is very, very simple this week. I want to say a massive fuck you to everybody that refuses to believe black women, that ref- that chooses all the time to villainize black women. Why am I saying this? Last week, a black woman in Peckham went to a hair shop in Peckham, like a beauty supply store in Peckham that I, you, you know, I would frequent. Like That's where I would go to go and get some bits if I didn't go to my hair salon um, and get the hair from her or the extensions from her. So I would always go to this particular store. I saw a video clip online of, and many people decided to tag me in it because, you know, they like to tag me, where a black woman um, is in this shop And the shop owner has his hands around her throat and they're in an altercation. She like whacks him with her basket that she's holding and um, he's got his hand around her throat, essentially like strangling her. What happened? Apparently people were going around saying she's stealing. Now, from what I understand, that store, like many other stores that mainly serve black people and black women, like to say that they don't offer refunds. They just put that notice up and you're meant to just abide by it that they're not going to give you any refund. So they do that for a number of reasons because I guess there are so many counterfeit things that fly about in terms of hair products and stuff. So they, they as far as they're concerned, once you leave the shop, you can switch it with anything that looks similar but isn't actually what they sold you. So I, I get why that is the case. But anyway, this woman went in there to go and exchange well, she wanted a refund. He t- said there's no refund. So I think she ended up, from what I understand, taking something that amounted to the to the cost of what she had bought, leaving the item that she initially like she initially bought, taking what she wanted and making to go, I believe. And that's when this shop owner pushed her in the face. And next thing you know, they're tussling and he's now got his hand around her neck and he's flinging her about. And she held her own. And it was a black woman that was filming. Um, what was happening as well And you know It's good that she did film So we have proof Apparently there was a longer video And it was just cut up But I was disgusted I don't even want to go into that too much The reason I don't want to talk about her too much Is because 
I've been able to get a link to the woman that this happened to. And I've asked her, like, do you want to talk about it? She's not speaking to any media. She's not speaking to anybody. She seems to believe that she's at fault and she's to blame because of everything that she's reading and the people who are talking around her. So she doesn't want to be seen because she's embarrassed by everything that's happened. And I feel for her because this is what we do to black women in society, getting us to second guess ourselves, even when we have been the ones who have been harmed. So, yeah, my straw goes out to the people who were like, oh, but she was stealing. What do you expect? She's aggressive. And I'm talking about black men. I'm talking about black people who go on to say things like this. And that fucking idiot that I had to cuss on the show before, she clearly has not desisted from being a prick and a cunt because she tweeted something along the lines of, um, what was it? She says, oh, let's be real. It's not like any of you are going to, what is it? What did she say? None of you are going to stop going to, um, going in the Pakistani slash Indian hair and beauty shops. Their supply chains, locations and price points are just too good. Their work ethic is better than British Caribbeans and Africans. They understand compliance too. They're successful for a reason. That is your girl that likes to use a weird East Asian name, if that even exists there, um, that I had to cuss out on this show and direct my cuss to her mum to get to her. This is a problem. And I have a problem also, I'm going to say it while we're here. I have a problem with black men who will have me on their show or who will interact with me and then still actively go to go and interact and have this sort of woman on their show as well. Because for me, it's like, you must not rate me. You must not rate me as a person. You must not rate the disrespect that she tried to bring to my front door, into figurative front door. And I had to drape her up proverbially. Right. You must not rate me. I don't like all of this like, oh, yeah, you might have had a little falling out with this person. But, you know, um, they've got engagement. So we're going to work with them. When will you all have integrity? When will you? When will you any of you choose to have integrity? When? Please, God, when? But then back to this little dickhead. She's saying these sorts of things. And then anytime you want to bring anything. Oh, but I'm black. My dad's black. My dad's black. And then she's still doing this nonsense because the anti-blackness, the misogynoir, the colorism is very, very much so deeply ingrained within her. But that's by the by. There are black men, there are black women who were all jumping up to say, well, how this woman behaved wasn't how she should have been behaving. Um, it's, you know, terrible. Um, she, essentially, you're saying that she deserved for somebody to grab her up in the way that they did. That, that's what you're saying, that she deserved it. There is nothing that warrants being treated in that way. And we know that there is a there is a historical problem with the fact that we as black people go to these shops that are non-black to buy our hair products and we're treated like shit. You're followed around, you're talked to disrespectfully, um, your rights aren't um, respected all of that stuff. You're not making a great point by saying, oh, well, people are going to go to those shops because their price points are too good. Why are their price points too good? They basically got together and they formed a sort of like um, consortium or conglomerate where they are 
together able to buy in bulk in a way that we are not. So if we have a black owned hair shop or beauty supply store, the markup is going to be a bit more because you're having to buy on your own. And we've seen situations where even shops in Peckham, like Yinka Bodyline, that used to be there for years and years when I was growing up, they essentially got forced out of business because all of these other shops arrived and they dropped the prices down that these black shops can't keep up. So you're encouraging the oppression of black people and going, haha, you're not going to get out of that anytime soon. You've got nowhere to go. And these are the people that you as black men are having on your shows because they're light skinned. I don't know. I don't know. Meanwhile, they look like a chipmunk, but that's not for, for me to get into. I'm just disgusted is what I'm saying that why is it so hard for people to show up for black women? Even with the whole GB News thing I appreciated Marlon Kamika And the wonderful people that went to go and protest Outside of um, GB News on my behalf But they were disappointed At the number of people that showed up That they were like, there should have been more For the number of things that Kalechi does There should have been more people But you just don't take it seriously How much needs to happen to a black woman For you lot to be like, rah, we need to ride out Because I'm of the opinion that more people rode out because of what happened to George Floyd than what happened to Breonna Taylor. All of it was put together, but more people rolled out because it was a man. And that, and even in the aftermath of that, people are still seeking justice for, for Breonna. And so there's definitely, so I appreciated that on the Tuesday it was, was it Tuesday? Yes. On the day of my, of the launch of my book, I say um, mentioned that um, Says Holmes Lewis mentioned that there was going to be um, a protest outside the shop that Peck and that shop in Peckham at two p.m. on that Tuesday, and everybody rolled up. I was there, bang on two p.m. Parked my car, got right there, and I was ready to be there and to live stream everything because I knew that mainstream media would not present accurately why we were there and what was happening. So the live stream of be- that protest is actually on my page. And many points were made. Some people were like, they didn't like the homophobic way that a misogynistic way that some people were speaking, even though they claimed that they came out there in support of what had happened to this black woman. And, you know, there were valid points like, yes, as men hold space, definitely make your point. Let yourself be known that you're protecting women and supporting women. But after that, you leave the conversation, you create the space. So, Women can have them, um, the megaphone or whatever And say what they need to say I showed up there because I needed to show up there Because Peckham all day, every day Like that's where I've lived or You know, grown up ever since I was five Like that's my bits Those are my bits, That's those are my ends So I'm absolutely going to show up When a shop that I go to Is treating black women in that way And I mean, I'm frustrated I'm not going to lie I'm frustrated that the black woman Doesn't want to kind of like speak up in defense of herself Meanwhile the shop owner Is going on every platform Telling his side of the story And you've got them dickheads That cunt like Lawrence Fox Making very very racial comments Like oh um, th- These black people are doing Anti-Asian things It's anti-Asian hate It's this that and the other Fuck off back to Jamaica If you don't like how you're treated Like white people are wading in To make all of this situation worse They don't care that whiteness caused this rift in the first place Between South Asians and black people They don't care But they want to make it worse Because they want for there to be tension between us And then GB News is trying to report on it Everybody's trying to talk on it But they're talking on it in mad ways And they continue to say that she was shoplifting Where she was not But I'm like I keep coming back to you 
my smoke is not even for all of the other people that are doing their fuck shit. My smoke is for the black people, men and women, who really decided to make videos justifying how why it's okay to treat a black woman in that way. You lot will never see heaven. You will never ever see heaven. You are some disgusting motherfuckers, my God. Yuck. That's all I got. I want you to suck out. I want you to suck your mothers out through a hairy straw, you pricks. And my love, as well as, you know, a bit of frustration goes out to the woman that it happened to. I just need you to know that it's not your fault. And yeah, just because if you feel that you got riled up because of a situation, that doesn't mean that you deserve to be treated in that way. And I just hope that you know that and that somebody gets it to you and you know that it's that you did not deserve that. That's it. Thank you to Atinuke for joining me. Thank you to for all of your lovely messages. Thank you to Guap for letting me win um, Cultural Hero of the Year. Thank you all for voting for me. Thank you for making Edge um, of Here a bestseller on Amazon and Higher Heights in you know the name of the most high for my book. Thank you for attending my launch. Thank you for supporting me in all of the ways that you continue to support me. I greatly appreciate you all. I'm looking forward to seeing the baby people in Baltimore. I'm looking forward to seeing the people in Birmingham tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the 18th, I'll be in Birmingham on the 19th. And I'm looking forward to all the other upcoming um, events as well. It's going to be wonderful. May I have the energy to see everything through. I'm sending all of you all of the love. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for seeing me. Um, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I have been Kelechi, the author, Okafor, and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Anyway, catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. let you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.